Hey everybody, last day of April. Nice day out, but as the boss was talking about, you know, we're, next week we're only going to have the highs in the 60s. It has been, you know, it started out a pretty warm spring, turned off pretty cool. Um, not, you know, well, whenever I guess you have a big snowstorm and you have a couple of days of record cold, you're going to have a, a cool spring. I uh, got some corn coming up. A um, lot of corn coming up in the neighborhood, a lot of beans coming up. It looks like the plant early in front of the freeze maybe um, didn't hurt it. It looks like, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the stuff planted the, the, the day before the snow slash freeze. But I digress a little bit back on it. Um, you know, mo modern hybrids and everything. I just know last year it seemed like, uh, we just didn't get quote-unquote quote stuff came up as good as what I thought it should have last year. Just don't quite understand how that was. And I think maybe that's part of the quote-unquote corn conundrum that everybody has. I'm not sure that the population stands were as good as what everybody thought. And it's just going to be interesting to see a couple years down the road what everybody really goes back and starts comparing yields and you have everything put together and you know what it is and it's not carried over and dumped into a bin and it's not you know there's a lot of there's a lot of yields ran off of yield monitors and not weighed over elevator scales on bins and i'm just wondering how much we are off in 19 and 20 on that now Let's talk a little bit about the Biden administration right now. Uh, the Bidens went and visited the Carters. And I'm wondering if the Joe Biden administration isn't really the second term of the Jimmy Carter presidency. And I know you're going to say, well, well, there's a lot of inflation going on right now. There's a lot of inflation going on during the Carter administration. Now, we don't have high interest rates, but we got a lot of money being borrowed. Uh, there's just, in, in my opinion, there's just a lot of similarities um, between what Biden's wanting to do and what Jimmy Carter was wanting to do. And we all know how that kind of turned out in the end. And I'm wondering if maybe that's just kind of not what the result of what, uh, of what this is, administration's going to be. Uh, it's yet to be seen out there. It's yet to go. I can tell you that the quote-unquote bipartisanship working across the aisle is you either work our way or we're going to go on without you because we know that we only have a limited amount of time. We know that the House is real close to going the other way, and we know that if we don't get it done in about 18 months— we're not going to get it done. I think that's how the Biden administration is looking at it. And, and here's the thing. A lot of people think, well, why God, we'll get the other guys in there and we'll stop all this. Well, you can stop it, but you're not going to turn it around. You're going to need all three branches of government to undo what's been done. Uh, if they just hold one branch of government, they can stop you from undoing. Now, you can maybe prevent from doing any more. But what's already been done will be really, really hard to undo if they hold one of the branches and stand firm and hold on that. And let's face it, either either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris is going to be the president uh, for at least another, what, three and a half years, a little bit more than that. So that's where we're going to go. Last thing I want to talk about this morning, went in and visited dad uh, yesterday for the first time in three weeks. The place he's at, 
Uh, of course, they had some help that got COVID. And when the help gets COVID, they shut the whole place down. Nobody can go in and visit anybody. Uh, and, and by the way, for those of you that don't know, my dad's 95 on his way to 96. And yes, he did get COVID. For whatever reason, he didn't get vaccinated when the vaccine first came out. I know 95-year-old uh, World War II veteran and didn't get vaccinated, but didn't. Uh, got COVID, survived COVID. The recovery for him was harder than the COVID. He was pretty asymptomatic on having the COVID. I mean, I mean, when he when he first quote unquote tested positive, they're like he didn't have a fever or anything, and they tested him again, and he was positive again, and they tested him again. Uh, but he lost his appetite and he wanted to sleep all the time. Plus, the other thing that's been real hard on him, he was in an assisted living place. And because of COVID, nobody was going to the dining room. Uh, he went to this exercise class they had every afternoon. Well, they didn't have that anymore. And they were basically locked in his room. And he told me, he says, I'm in solitary confinement. I have my bedroom. I have my living room, my little kitchenette area, and my bathroom. And that's the only place I can go. And the fact when they didn't let visitors in there, he's like, I'm in solitary confinement. I'm in prison. I might as well be in prison. And it was really hard on him because he didn't get to get out and walk with his walker. And, it, yeah, he has to use a walker now. I mean, he, it's a little bit more for balance and everything. I mean, uh, it just helps him get around. Well, by him being basically only getting from his bed to his chair to the bathroom to bed, uh, he got, quote, unquote, all stoved up. And, we well, we had to end up moving him from the assisted living over to a rehab center but Judy and I were able to go in after the place being shut down for like three weeks because of COVID. Uh, we were able to go in and see him yesterday, and he's in good shape. His mind was sharper than it's been in a while. Uh, he likes uh, the, the new place where he's at. Uh, he, had, he had the TV on and uh, was watching the news and was complaining about what was going on in the world. So, you know, it made me feel good. And, I mean, he knew right away who we were, and he was just so happy to see us and, and glad. And we got a phone hooked up for him, and, and we're going to be back on the road again. But, yeah, um, you know, the, the, the COVID thing's been, you know, bad for a lot of people, and a lot of people have not had good experiences with it. But other people uh, have, have survived it and come through really well. And, and and dad, 96, of course, he's got longevity back in his genes. I His grandfather was born in 1864 and died in 1953. His grandfather lived 89 years. Uh, you know, to, to, the fact that his grandfather was born during the Civil War and basically seen, you know, all the way through the end of World War II um, and into the 50s, you know that you know went from went from basically muskets to the nuclear bomb. I mean that's that's a that's a, I mean we're seeing a lot of technological advancements in our lifetime, but just think of what that guy's seen in his lifetime. But I, I just wanted to mention that this morning. I know a number of you out there know know Dad know that that he's there. And but I can tell you this too. The, the one last thing I'll mention. You know everybody talks about him living so long and how great it is and how wonderful it is and everything else, but. And here's the big butt. He's buried every one of his friends. There's only one other guy out of his division still left alive. 
er- everybody else is gone. Uh, he he's done. I mean, he's the downside of all this is is being the last person standing is you're the last person standing, and you know he 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 complains to me sometimes too about talking to other people that are in in these centers or in these in these uh, establishments, and I'm like, Dad, they're they're over twenty years younger than you. And what's kind of funny, he's probably in better health in, in his mid-90s than a lot of them are in their early 70s. And, you know, he, he'll he talk about the war and the war to him. You know, for them, that was Vietnam. Well, for him, it was World War II. And he's like, well, they don't know anything I'm talking about. And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're, they're 25 years younger than you are. Uh, and what's kind of crazy is those people probably have more in common with me than they do with him. Uh, and, and, and like I said, he's been the last man standing and, and we're really glad to still have him around. We're, we're happy that he's here, but there is a downside to being that last person standing. Uh, you bury everybody and, and you, you somewhat get lonelier because there's not people really knowing what and who you're talking about because they never experienced it. Their parents experienced it. Um, but yeah, if anybody if anybody's a candidate to live to a hundred, he's probably a candidate to live to a hundred. He he looked really good yesterday, um, and you know he he you know kind of wants to know what's going on, but he also is like, hey, you guys just run it, you know. I I'm I'm up here, you know. You guys got you're going to have to run it sometime anyway. And what's kind of crazy is my mother lived in ninety two. Both of her parents lived into their nineties. Uh, what's really scary is I may have that same fate awaiting me is, good God, I got another 30 years yet to go or more. I hope the boss will put up with me that long. Well, hey, with that, just kind of a little update here, what's going on. I know it's a little bit personal. I know it's not a whole lot about agriculture, but uh, it's, it's, it's an old farmer out there. I mean, he, he, got, out of, um, he got out of the service. Um, after the war, he spent a little time in the fifth division because uh, he was young when he he when he was when he was overseas. He walked into the line. He was nineteen years old, um, and there was a lot of guys that were older than him. They were either they were either older or younger. You know, the, the basically the, at the time of the war, he was in there, and uh, he spent a little time down at Camp Campbell, Kentucky, and then he got out. Uh, went to the University of Illinois for basically a year. He had went to. Lincoln College a little bit before he went into the service. He got out of high school and didn't get drafted until a little bit later. Uh, but he he then went working a little bit. But then in 1948, uh, he started farming. And I know he always uh, bragged um, he started farming on less money than the first John Deere riding lawnmower he bought and paid for. Um, of course, he had all his kids, and he used to get a couple, you know, push behind cheap lawnmowers for us to mow the yards with. Uh, but then, then finally, when all the kids started moving away, he went and got him a John Deere riding lawnmower, and it was like thirty eight hundred dollars. And he's like, "Well, hell, I started farming on thirty seven hundred dollars in nineteen forty eight." Well, hey, with that um, inflation, I guess bring it all the way back around. Inflation, you're not going. It, it's um, it's probably going to take more unless you're into to literally hands-on uh, community 
supported agriculture, it's probably going to take more than $3,700 to get started in farming this day and age. Um, I think we're living through the second Jimmy Carter term. Uh, not saying that's good, not saying that's bad. I just think you need to probably go back to that time frame and wrap your mind around that time frame to see how you're going to have to manage to get through this time frame. Well, hey, with that, the smartest audience in agriculture. Appreciate everything. Talk to you later.